Good afternoon, everybody. Happy Sunday evening. Um, my name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host for the next hour. It's the, I hope everybody had a great weekend. It's the Sunday before before Labor Day and in the United States. So a lot of people have three-day weekends. I have a three-day weekend like everybody else. So I hope you're enjoying it with barbecues and other things and get-togethers. Uh, my name is Charlotte. My name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host for the next hour. I'm also the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team based out of Sacramento, California. We are 45 strong up and down the state, which means we can get to you, but it's going to take us might take us a couple days. California is a huge state. Um, I always like to say this at the beginning of the show. Uh, when people think of California, they think of us as beaches and surfing, kind of like Hawaii. And we are. But there's also the northern part, the inland parts, which include mountains, uh, deserts, high deserts, and a lot of farmland. So there's a lot of land out there. And that's why I say uh, you might get a hold of us, but it might take us a couple days to get to you. Quick warning about the Internet. It was really strange. Uh, today when I went, I was going to reboot the Internet in, and it said that there was like an outage in my neighborhood, in, in my area. I My, my system's still on, so we're just going to go for it. But if you experience any issues, glitches with the Internet, I'm talking to not so much TikTok, but I'm talking with my Facebook people and my uh, YouTube people, that's why, okay, if there's, if there's any glitches in the system while we're doing this. Okay, that being said is uh, tonight, today, of course, we have, we're live on TikTok as well as Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter, and I want to welcome everybody. I'm really excited to have you all here. Uh, this is the day that we read a book. Um, it's our way to kind of get to, you know, the end of the weekend. Of course, it's not the end of the weekend this weekend, but normally today is the end of the weekend, and it's a way for people to unwind Maybe put the maybe the people on the East Coast are getting ready to go to bed for the week, put their jammies on, put their fu- put their fuzzies on their feet. Maybe they're eating dinner on the West Coast here. Maybe they're eating dinner. Uh, you know, it's just a way to unwind and, and hear from a really good book. These are true stories, and uh, our, my good friend Mary Muter has written this book. This is a follow up to the last one we read called Dear Flower Lady. Um, so it's it's really interesting to read this, and this is about past life experiences. And she's got she's got two accounts of people that have had past life experiences in here. So I want to warn everybody ahead of time, and that includes TikTok. If you are uncomfortable with the subject matter, please move on. Uh, this station, this channel is a rated PG thirteen to rated R channel, and I don't want to be turned into TikTok police and things like that. Uh, if you don't like the content, just move on because there's other things you, you could be listening to, okay? You know, if it makes you uncomfortable, maybe it doesn't jive with your religious beliefs or something, uh, just feel free to move on, okay? Feel free to move on. Uh, that being said, uh, I am broadcasting on TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, on Instagram, but to um, Twitter and Twitch. And for those people who are on Facebook, if you haven't done so already and you like what you hear today and this is something that you like, please feel free to hit that follow button. Uh, if you're watching from YouTube, uh, same thing. If you you know if you haven't listened before, please hit that subscribe button because we're trying to build up our subscribers. I'm 320 away from 1,000 subscribers. So we're trying to build that up to monetize. I'm going to be very honest about that. Uh, if you're TikTok, if you are on TikTok listening today, maybe for the first time or you've listened before and you haven't done so already, I do have subscribers. Uh, subscriptions available. I'm going to call you guys my boo crew over on TikTok. So feel free to subscribe if you like what you hear, or if you're new to my TikTok, 
please feel free to follow because I'm, I'm always looking for followers. I'm just getting this, this channel started. It's been a couple of months. It's just starting to build it up. We're going to be doing a lot more things on this channel. Karen, um, medium Karen Clark and I are going to be doing a lot more things on this TikTok channel. So, uh, yeah, you're going to see a lot of different types of videos. You're going to see some uh, series called California's Most Haunted, where I'm going to talk about the most haunted places in California because I am a you know paranormal. So I really appreciate a follow or a or, or a subscribe because we're going to have things, good things going, and we're going to have giveaways and all kinds of stuff. You know, when, when we hit certain certain subscribers numbers. And uh, today during this book book read, if you can, uh, thank you for sending me the likes. Thank you for those. If you could uh, send me likes, I'd appreciate it. You know, just keep tapping that screen because what that does for, and I'm going to do this for, say this for TikTok. I'm going to say this for Facebook. I'm going to say this for YouTube. What that does, plus the comments, what that does is it puts us, puts us up higher in the FYP and those systems will put us out to more people, right? More people, I mean, more, more light, you know, more followers and things like that. So if you could do that, I'd really appreciate it. I really would. Again, um, if if, the, if you feel uncomfortable about any of this, please feel free to move on. No hard feelings, right? Okay. All right. So you can find California Haunts on Facebook at California Haunts, California Haunts Radio under my name. Or you can find us on Instagram under Ghosty Gal, that's all lowercase. Or you can find us over at TikTok under California Haunts. Or you can find us on Twitter under California Haunts and Twitch under Cal Haunts. Also, I'd like to point out that this is a radio show that uh, starts every Sunday all the way through Friday. Sunday is the reading day where we do read from a where I do read from a paranormal book for you guys. And then the rest of the week we're doing paranormal news. So it could be ranging in topics anywhere from, from hauntings to like tomorrow we're going to be talking about um, we're going to be talking manifesting, manifesting good things. Okay. So it can range anywhere from that to manifesting new things, to UFOs, to Sasquatch, cryptids, whatever. I cover everything. I cover everything. I'm a, I'm a journalist, photojournalist, and that's what I like to do. I don't like to stay on the same topic all the time, so I vary it. So if you're interested in that, uh, especially with TikTok, you can visit us at youtube.com forward slash at California Haunts Radio. Or just go, go, go over to YouTube and, you know, Google California Haunts. Okay? That will get you in there as well. And we have 761 videos over there. We're starting our fourth season of this show. We did 290 shows last last season. So we've been doing a lot of shows, and uh, hopefully we'll get to another 290 this season. But there are 761 videos over on YouTube. I have started to put them in categories into folders. So when you go over there, it's not so confusing, because if you do go in there, there's the, 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 the main page is just, blah, there's videos everywhere. So uh, even I get headaches doing that. So I decided to categorize them into folders. And again, if you're interested in alien abductions and things like that, if you're interested in, in medium Nancy Matz, who's on every Friday, uh, you can go directly to those folders and click on them, and the shows will be in there. Okay? All right. Again, I'm going to be reading. Let me get pull this up now. I'm going to be reading from the, my Kindle on my laptop to do this. And here we go. Uh, we're in Chapter 6, and the book is called Inside Past Life Connections, Dear Flower Lady by Mary Muter. And again, you know, it's like I'm reading from a book, so looking at me all the time, boring, I know. All right. <laughs> so, uh, uh, you know, you can clean your house. I've had people carry me around the house while they're doing laundry and, you know, do it. whatever you're doing. All right. I do have a goal there on TikTok, and it's there because uh, everything I make from TikTok and everything I'm making donations from from uh, Facebook and YouTube does um, 
go into paying my bills. And I, you know, it's, it's bill time is the first of the month, so I'm trying to get my internet paid and uh, and and the other stuff to support the show. And everything I make goes back into supporting the show. And uh, I'd appreciate any help anybody could give me. Uh, you're not required to, all right? You're never required to. But I do have a goal of 50, um, 50 hand, hand hearts. If you guys could help me out with that, that would be great. Or subscribe, because like I said, you subscribe, you're going to get all kinds of goodies. Uh, you know, uh, when we hit our first, I mean, what? when we hit our first 100 subscribers, I'm going to do some giveaways. I have some really cool giveaways and uh, 100 subscribers, and I'll do some giveaways, okay? Uh, and you will be called the Boo Crew. So I'm going to make little graphics up for you guys and things like that to start out. So I really appreciate it. And the same thing goes for Facebook, YouTube, and anybody listening on this end. If you can find it in your heart to help me out this month with some donations, that would be great. I'm running a little short. I'm running a little short this month, so I need to get my internet bills paid and all, and all that good stuff. So you can help me out. I'd appreciate it. Okay. Without further ado, we're going to read chapter six, and we're going to start with butterflies. And let's do a quick re recap on this. Uh, we heard, we learned a little bit about Marin Muter, and um, it's kind of like an autobiography that this is, but it also talks about, like I said, past life stuff. So uh, we learned a little bit about Mar about the author Mary Muter, who is a really good friend of mine, lives in a haunted castle in Connecticut. And uh, we also heard, I also read about two different past lives, and one of them was very interesting in that the little boy was having dreams of having electrodes and stuff put on him, and he was like he was like in an airplane. And it turns out that uh, when the, when she did the research, that he had been in a in a uh, concentration camp in Germany, and the Germans were doing tests on him and his other life. The second one was a boy that uh, came to her in, in, while she was on vacation, and during that vacation, he had told her that he had been hit by lightning, and the family thought that he was just making it up. She happened to do research and found out that a 16-year-old boy had been hit by lightning. And it, it corresponded with all the information this, this, this young boy had fed her. So uh, it was very interesting. So today we're going to continue and see how this plays out. Um, chapter 6 is Butterflies. And again, please help me out by getting me some likes. Keep tapping that screen. You know, Double tap it for me. And I'd really appreciate it. If you like what you hear, please follow. Please, uh, please sign up for a subscription. Even that, that would be great, too. We could become part of my boot crew. That would be wonderful. All right, here we go. Chapter 6, Butterflies. This. The blue envelope was left over from the Cookie Monster stationery I got in order to write let me move over a little bit, to my older sister while she was away at camp. Oh, I'll be reading for, like, for about an hour, so here we go. Again, the blue envelope was left over from the Cookie Monster stationery that I got in order to write to my older sister while she was away at camp. I hung on to it just in case there was an important message that needed mailing. It sat in the top drawer of my yellow and white dresser for the remainder of the summer months. School started right on time, the Tuesday after Labor Day. I was now in second grade, and this first day of school found the mailman delivering a very special package. It was about the size of a box of bank, che of bank checks, wrapped in brown paper, and inside, protected in soft cotton, were six beautiful emerald and gold monarch chrysalises. Heading to my room, I picked up some string, tape, and scissors and shut the door. Looking around the room, I found the perfect wall to hang them on. The wall across from the windows. This way, they would not have any direct sun. Very carefully, I measured the string, cut it, and tied it to the little black feet that were once part of the caterpillars. Gently, I secured them to the wall by taping the top of the, st of the string. Every morning, afternoon, and night, I spoke to them, 
I said goodbye to the one that was killed by a fly. I was sad I couldn't have sheltered it in the journey through the mail. But I was told the fly had already laid its egg before it was packed away, and there was nothing I could have done. Dear Flower Lady. This is a quick note about the fly and the chrysalis and how there was nothing I could have done to save the butterfly. I think butterflies give us clues to life, but most of the time we just like their colorful wings. But this reminded me today that the things in our lives started before we could do anything. If we want to change something, we have to start planting now, years and years and years and years and years and years before the change happens. But even if we do that, there are things that have been planted even before us that we cannot see either. Soon, the glossy emerald green began to dull. The gold crown faded, and the darkness of transformation emerged. Against the black backdrop of what looked like distant space inside those chrysalises, violet-orange galaxies pressed their way forward, while white dots speckled on the black like the stars signaling distant life. The veil of the chrysalises is thinned. The colors became vibrant. The black became onyx. The orange became a sunset framed with those distant stars. The butterflies moved from within as if stretching their shoulders after a long nap, wiggling, rotating, and breaking through their transparent veils to emerge into this life. After pumping their, their wrinkled leaves, they tested them. They opened them and closed them and opened them and closed them, and then jumped into the air. As they glided and played, I rushed out to gather the flowers, hummingbird, nectar, and a bottle cap. I filled the bottle cap with the sweet water with the sweet water and filled the room with flowers. The butterflies landed on my hands, on my head, and rested on my shoulders for a week, and then it was time to take them into the wild. Outside the apple trees were hinting at pies. The summer sun was getting sleepier as it looked forward to passing the torch to the quick to the quickly approaching autumn. And the butterflies were ready to go. They fluttered into the air and after a minute flew back to me landing one more time, as if to say goodbye. I watched them explore for a while, until I looked away, just for a moment, and then they were gone. Upstairs in my room, I cleared the flowers, the dandelion white wishes, and thought, love never dies, it just sends seeds into the wind. Knowing those seeds carried parts of my heart, I got the blue envelope and wrote. The message wasn't for now, though. It was for something that would, remi that would remind someone in the future who thought their love was gone, that their love is still connected. Maybe they thought their love had died, and that was it. This note was for them. It was very important. Just because a caterpillar went away from being a caterpillar and hid behind a veil and emerged as a butterfly that ultimately left, the connection didn't die. It would always be there. Love is like a meadow's flowers sending seeds into the wind, and it never forgets. It never dies. Sealing the message inside the envelope, I got a fresh canning jar from the pantry. Later that night, when the world was still, I made my way a mile down the lane to the creek where the giant ferns grew and clover blanketed the earth's floor. Only I missed my footing, which sent the jar out of my hands into the unknown. For days, I looked for it. It was gone for all that I knew, hidden from the world until it was needed, which was ironic, as the inscription on the front of the envelope stated, these simple words, do not open until it's time. And on the back it said, only you know when it is time. I laid on the back of the creek, on the bank of the creek, and dangled my fingertips into the water. 
And that is the precise moment my life, my past life, with the flower lady came to me, as if no time had passed at all. Chapter 7, Brain versus Mind. If you like what you hear, you guys, send me a thumbs up, send me a happy face. Um, you know, follow if you haven't done so already. Uh, over on TikTok, please tap the screen. Please double tap the screen. Like I said, I'm looking to add to to add to my live likes and all that good stuff. Just trying to get my name out there and uh, get get known. Okay, just, just just working on it. Very honest. Thank you for the likes, you guys. The ones that have done it already, I appreciate it. Really appreciate it. And if you can help me out a little bit with some hand hearts, that would be great. I've got a goal. I've got some bills due. You don't have to do it. It's not required, but it would be nice. It would be a nice touch. Okay. So if you can help me out with some likes and you like what you hear, please tap, double tap that screen. I'd really appreciate it. Brain versus mind. Have you ever just known how to do something? Or have you ever known information and had no idea how or why you know it? Right from the start, our bodies and our brains are taking it, are taking in our surroundings. Let me do this real quick and check and make sure we're still online. Yeah, okay. Because it said we were having, like I said, internet issues. Right from the start, our bodies and our brains are taking in our surroundings. We use our senses to find and recognize patterns and behaviors and to discern how our interactions affect us as we move in and about this life. After we're born, the frequencies between our brain and our mind are for the most part muted. This allows us the chance to focus on the current stimuli of our surroundings. It encourages us to find a form means find and form means of communication. Time is important as communication is vital for our interactions with our environment and situations. If we were to bring all the information from the other side of the veil into this iteration of life with us, it could interfere with our survival and with our ability to understand. For a moment, Think about what would happen if every single radio station in the world played simultaneously through the speakers as we drove down the street, and we couldn't turn the volume down or turn it off. And what if only one of those stations had a relevant playlist for us to listen to? Not only would it be practically impossible for us to tune in to what we needed to hear, but the result of all those stations playing over our speakers at the same time would cause chaos. So rather than bombarding these bodies of ours with endless channels, we get to develop and gain experience gradually. The more interaction we have, the more we are able to access the information we need. At the same time, our brain is creating a perception of our reality, taking, all the taking in all the stimuli coming from both outside and inside our body and, in and inside our body and turning it into something recognizable. Our frequencies open as the relevance coincides with our lives here. In other words, the more our brain processes and comprehensively applies information to our individual life, the more our frequencies open or fine-tune. It's kind of like the building of a symphony. We first experience individual notes, then we get to learn to play the notes on a recorder or violin or a piano or a guitar. As we become comfortable with each instrument, we get to add another, and soon the song of our life is created. Part of what makes the symphony resonate so deeply is the range of seasons it contains. Because sometimes storms are needed in life as much as calm spring days. I forgot to tell everybody on YouTube I was invited to join a live. Thank you very much. Unfortunately, I'm on my cell phone, so I cannot see your messages fly by. But I really, really appreciate it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, again, keep tapping that screen. I'm just... I just want to amass my likes and all that good stuff to build myself up on, on uh, yeah, I said YouTube, I'm sorry, TikTok, on TikTok. I really appreciate it, though.
I really appreciate that. The balance is of creating depth, a depth which translates beyond love. It translates beyond compassion. It translates into a whole, a whole so beautiful, so deep, and so full that there are no words to describe it. Non-locality describes the ability of objects, particles, to instantaneously know about each other's state. Even when separated by incredible distances, light years upon light years away. Non-locality can occur because varying forms of quantum entanglement, whatever it's time once labeled spooky action at a distance, as a statement of doubt, in response to Max Born in their letters, the Born-Einstein letters correspondence between Albert Einstein and Max Hedwig Born from 1916 to 1955, with commentaries by Max Born, Maximilian, 1971, page 158. This is the idea that you can obtain information about one particle that is entangled with another, through the other, no matter how far apart they are. There is a simplified article on this, and quantum superposition, you can read at this website, which is HTTPS NOWL dot northropgrumman.com forward slash quantum entanglement dash simplifying the science of spooky action forward slash got all that <laughs> in in this way our consciousness is shared with our brain using forms of quantum quantum superposition which is why which is a phenomenon where individual particles can exist in two states at once they're both waves and particles only settling on one or the other if you specifically test for it. Our body is a sort of electromagnetic system that produces an energy field. Our consciousness is part of this energy field. It is all around us. It is in all spaces at all times. I place time in quotations because outside of this body, outside of this life, of this three-dimensional integration of existence, time doesn't necessarily exist as we imagine it. This is one reason we can have past life memories post-life memories, and current life memories, as if no time has passed. We touch these memories because we are so connected to them right now. The information we are sending and receiving subconsciously isn't created from inside our human brain. What I mean is that it is not derived from our human body and pushed outwardly in order to create the information we gain, but rather the opposite. As the pathways and receptors in our brain tune into different frequencies from our mind, we are opening lines of communication or lines of access to certain information. These frequencies are tapping into work as an accomplishment with our interactions, and our brains are forming the reality we live in. Our conscious frequencies and energies are unique to each of us, just as a snowflake is unique to its own. We each have our own private network that reduces the chance of our signals getting crossed or scrambled when we, when we are near others. At the same time, we are able to recognize when different signals and frequencies are around us. We can feel the harmonies, and we can feel the discords, because we are part of the tapestry where all the frequencies interact. They entwine, they repel, and they are very much alive. Have you ever sensed someone staring at you? Have you ever sensed someone coming closer to you? Have you ever sensed happiness? Have you sensed danger? And have you ever listened to that little guiding light or guiding voice within you? One time, I went for a hike in the Redwoods near Mammoth Mountain in California. It was a beautiful autumn day. The roads I drove were quite empty. I'm not sure if I ever saw more than one or two cars on the mountain. The campsites were cleared out, and the trails were quiet except for the periodic buzz of a bee jumping from bush to bush across the path. Me meandering up switchback, 
I remember feeling a pair of eyes much larger than insects watching me. A chill ran down my spine. My feet stopped. And I froze there for a moment. All the possibilities of who it could be flashed like the fanning of a picture book. And just as quickly my brain started a plan of action for each possibility. Even if that was what to do if I became lunch. Was it a person? A mountain lion? A bear? Maybe it was just a raccoon or bobcat. It took a few more steps up the hill before deciding I should head back to the car. It seemed the world around me quieted as it watched this scene play out, and I was keenly aware of the fact. I wanted to run, but thought twice about it, so I took calm breaths and decided to talk gently but firmly to whomever the stalker might be. By the time I found the road leading back to the car, the creature we'd sensed began making its way down the side of the mountain to my left. As cute as one of the poos in the hundred-acre wood, this cousin of his was much more intimidating. With every beat of my heart, I just repeated the words, Please don't run after me. They didn't. But they didn't retreat either. We both just stood there. Me, because I had nowhere to hide or safely go. And because to get my car, I had to walk right past them. They stood there, beautiful as he was, staring as if to say, I'm kind of bored and would like to see if you will walk past me to get to your car. After about five minutes, the energy calmed between us. The presence took a few steps back up the mountain, and I took a few steps towards the car. We paused and then repeated this move until we were both where we wanted to be. As I, as I opened the car door and got in, they came down the mountain hillside to cross the street and continue the journey to the river. Another time, my son and I went for an evening walk. The sky was dark, the stars were out, and the ocean waves rolled in from far below our path. We were absorbing the sounds of the early night, standing silently together in reflection. So much had transpired in the last 27 years together that words weren't required in these moments. Suddenly, there was a shift. Still not speaking, we both straightened our backs. The hairs on our necks rose, and our bodies changed in awareness, ready for a fight or flight. Something's out there, I said quietly. I feel it too, he said. I noticed it a moment ago. Me too. It's on the ledge behind us in the trees. It's very big, whatever it is. Yeah, it's not a raccoon or bobcat for sure, he said, as we stood like deer in the headlights for another moment. Okay, I turned around. We need to make our way back home. The energy was thick. We were obviously potential prey. And the predator was zeroing in. Maybe just out of curiosity, but it was definitely focused on making an assessment. A little anxiety builds strength and preparation for the multiple scenarios I was considering. My lungs filled like helium balloons. As I said, we have to walk right by the ledge. We were trapped otherwise. Sticking together, we hovered near the far edge of the, of the single lane. Or li yeah, lane. Farthest from the woods and closest to the cliff edge. A single lane didn't put much distance between us, but it was a gesture. And maybe whatever it was could tell we were waving a white flag of truce in a way. You can tell the size of something by the energy it, it excuses. And when it stares or creeps near, it invades your space, pushing back against your energy, kind of like a magnet can push another across the table. Whatever it was, whatever, whatever it wasn't going anywhere, even when we turned to head home, it watched us. Anticipation spread as each of us, the mystery stalker, and my son and I calculated our moves. Luckily, a headlight below startled all of us just enough for one for, for the 150-plus-pound mountain lion 
to run across our path. My point here with these two instances is to remind you that the energy can be felt. We can read the areas we enter just as the areas can read us. Paying attention to the changes in frequencies inside and out of our bodies helps us to be more aware of the messages and signs coming from the other side of the veil. Those messages and signs may include after-death communications, as well as past life recollections. But what do we do when our openness to the other side becomes blocked, or what causes our, such blockages? When injury happens to the brain, it can damage our neuroreceptors, similar to when we drop our phone and it no longer works. The information is still out there, we just don't have access to it anymore. This may be why some people in a comatose state with low to non-functioning brainwaves can awake to remember what was going on around them. The access of knowledge was not done with a, within the brain, but in the mind, the vehicle of perception. Upon awakening, that absorbed information was simply processed into an externalized awareness in the brain. In such a situation, as long as there wasn't permanent damage to the receiver, the brain can then translate and communicate the memories through which different mediums, writing, speaking, drawing, music, etc. There are times when the development of the brain or body, or after damage to the brain or body, that the ability to demodulate and communicate encryptions from the other side of the veil is limited. It may come out very simply or not at all, but that does not mean the information or understanding of that world isn't happening. It only means, excuse me, communication of this understanding to the outside world is limited. We can see the example of this through an autistic young lady in Canada who was nonverbal, at least until she turned 10. At that time, she began, she began to painstakingly find her voice through typing one word, one word sentences. Eventually, years later, she was able to type complete thoughts and share her desires and opinions. She explained she was trapped inside a body that limited her ability to interact with and communicate with the outside world, at least in a familiar way. Now that she could type, she was able to share more of what was going on behind the scenes. She was able to share that she was more than her, her assumed intelligence level. The same phenomenon was found with Helen Keller after she came down with, fibrile, with a fibrillar illness that left her death, deaf and blind and mute at 19 months old. For seven years, she fought with the world. She fought from the dark and silent space of her body, the human vessel. She fought against her body, against the outside world she could no longer communicate with. She moved wildly and destructively due to extreme frustration. What most could not see through this feral child was that her mind was fully intact. She had just limited sensational, yeah, sensational input from her surrounding environment. This limitation severely inhibited her ability to tell others she was there behind the shell of the body she carried. She was there. People saw the situation differently. That is until she met her first teacher and lifelong companion, Anne Sullivan, who, through incredible patience, taught her language and to read and write. Helen learned she had a voice that could be heard. Anne Sullivan helped Helen Keller find, mo find modalities to express her thoughts. Because the mind does not reside in the physical body, and because it exists in a realm filled with an infinite amount of information, it has access to far more than anything our brains can imagine. At this point, you may be asking, but if our consciousness resides in such a space, then why don't our brains process more than they do? This is where some current studies of consciousness come into play. As studies in consciousness have shown, our expressed our, our, our earthbound consciousness is 
is <laughs> excuse me, well, I'm getting myself. Our exposed to earthbound consciousness is, is experiential. That means we tend to build our awareness from our interactions with the world around us, from our experience in our environments. Okay, but there is more to this theory. Let's think of an umbrella. We're going to pretend our mind or soul is the umbrella portion. There is also the tubing that connects the umbrella to the handle. Let's pretend the tubing is a conduit filled with millions of wires. At the bottom of this conduit, rather than the handle, imagine a tiny speck. The speck being our body. The conduit can send and receive information to and from the other side of the veil. Meanwhile, our brain and body help us find and tune into relative information needed for our survival here. We can also imagine a radio. Here our brain is the main primary demodulator for the informational frequencies our body detects. Our brain also acts as a frequency filter. For example, there is an average range of sound frequencies we can hear, but that limited range doesn't mean there aren't frequencies above or below what we can hear. We just cannot hear them because of the way our auditory systems are, are made filters out the sound ranges we don't need. The knowledge gained from our experiences is not identical for everyone, as each of our lives is navigated a bit differently. It is not a competition of knowledge because knowledge is relative. It does not make anyone or, or anything better or worse. It simply helps us navigate our lives. Our lives have different complexities and require different knowledges, but no one has a required lesson in this life. No one has a lesson they are supposed to learn that places them in misery. No one is being punished for past lives because when this iteration of life is over, it is complete, it is whole. And our past lives are the same way. They are complete, they're whole. The lessons we are learning here are only the results of our interactions and balances of those interactions. As we process information, our frequencies become a little more fine-tuned and more detailed. Sometimes we choose to listen to our intuitions, as I did on that mountain in Mammoth, California, and as my son and I did on our ocean sidewalk that day. And sometimes we choose to brush them aside. Either choice, either choice results in a form of balance, albeit different ty types of balance. But why is balance important? Balance helps us create a whole helps create a whole. Without it, things would be lopsided. Balance in nature is a state of equilibrium between living organisms, the universe, the solar systems, stars, and planets, including Earth. The local, the, local, ah, the, the local symmetry of the Earth includes the minerals and elements, making up everything from water to the rocks, to the plants and animals, including human beings. This is our environment. It is connected to the whole, it is intricately connected to the hum of existence. To create a harmony in this life experience, we need a healthy ecological balance, something our personal lives seem lopsided or unfair or very hard. Sometimes our personal lives, sorry. Sometimes our personal lives seem lopsided or unfair or very hard. Other times we get a reprieve from that feeling of overwhelming. Still, we need our symphony to flow, and a beautiful symphony has equilibrium. There may be sections heavier than others, but in the end, it is whole. Our lives here, no matter how long or short, are whole. The earth encompasses this balance. It goes through different stages, an ebb and flow of animal and plant life. When insufficient food supply leads to starvation, a form of balance will reduce the existence of some species to help ensure that the surviving environment is stabilized. For example, similar to the way we describe the material through our observation 
of the conservation of mass, where the mass of objects never changes, no matter how the ingredients of the objects rearrange themselves, and how the first law of thermodynamics describes the principle of the con conservation of energy, where energy cannot be created or destroyed in a closed system. However, it can be transferred from one location to another and even converted into other forms of energy and back again. This process may not look how we imagined it or be what we hoped before, but there will be balance just the same. The Earth has its own symphony, and we're part of it, just as it is part of ours. When our bodies cease, the elements used to form it return to the Earth's symphony, whether the body is buried or cremated. The elements are returned to the whole. Like our consciousness, the elements have memory, exp experiential memory. That memory can be shared just as our, just to see, I remember that we're going to be sure just as ours can be. This is important when it comes to past lives. It shows that our, con that our connections don't just end when our body ends. We continue as part of the vibrational balance, a part of the whole. Our consciousness doesn't disappear, but instead begins to exist differently. It is not being translated by our brain into something our brain can recognize. It is no longer filtered, pardon me, for this current life experience to understand. It is whole. It is something beyond love. It is something that moves with a deep or with a depth so great that we can only attempt to imagine it while it's in this state. Chapter eight. If you like what you hear, TikTok, please feel please double tap that screen. Double tap. I'm trying to build up my likes, so if you could do that for me, I would really appreciate it. Please double tap the screen. I do have permission from the uh, publisher and author to read this book. So uh, that's all taken care of. And again, if you're uncomfortable with the topic, just move on. You know, there's, there's no need to uh, call the TikTok police or anything like that. All right. Let me double check. Make sure we're still connected over on StreamYard because, again, there's been some Internet issues. Yeah, we're still here. I've got some people here. Thank you. Um, so please double tap that screen. I'm trying to build up my likes. I would really appreciate it if you can find it in your heart. Uh, to send me a, a, you know, a hand heart, that would be wonderful. Like I, like I said earlier in the stream, it's coming up to build time. It's the first of the month, and I've got to pay some bills, and I'm running short. I'd really appreciate the help if you could do that with me. Thank you, and please double tap. If you like what you hear, double tap that screen. You know, Send those likes to me because, like I said, I'm just starting out, and I'm building all this up. Same thing for Facebook and all the other places that we're broadcasting to today. I really appreciate it. Chapter 8, How Past Life Memories Work. There are days when we learn something and then forget it almost as quickly. Maybe it's because, excuse me, the information may not have been useful or relevant to your life. Information used somewhat regularly typically remains accessible. There, there may also be cases when you don't need to retain the information because you can ask others who do know it, or you can look it up easily. The ability to share knowledge is a very interesting design, each of us having different or complementary skills it brings us together. It creates connection and helps fashion many forms of community. Creating these communities shows us how connected we are in a simple way. We don't necessarily need to delve into quantum physics to show us this, as we are living and experiencing basic examples of quantum interactions all the time. What we see in the world around us is like a picture book, showing us the important roles we have as a part of the whole. The picture we experience is, is studying the quantum world where we can only see what we observe, and we are limited to communicating those observations via the transactions of our brain, translations of our brain. In rare cases during our development, when it is time for our frequencies to quiet or mute, 
They do not, at least not all the way. When this happens, the individual does not need normal external interaction or stimulus to open pathways from our mind for comprehension or understanding of knowledge. We see this when a child has a baseline that includes complex understandings of mathematics or has a propensity for music or incredible artistic abilities. When we see this in children, it supports the theory that information is not generally locally by our earthly life or, and our brains. Rather, our earthly lives are what help trigger and open the frequencies that exist beyond. Past life memories work just like our current life memories do. Children who experience past life memories are a lot like those children who have propensities towards complex skills like mathematics, okay, music, or art. Past life memories are frequencies that have remained, for the most part, open for certain children. As the child develops and interacts with the world around it, the brain continues turning into, turning into re relevant information. Many times, once the child re reaches adolescence, the past life memories fade into the backdrop. Sometimes they're forgotten altogether, while other times the memories can be recalled throughout life. When a past life experience is open, they don't really show up in memory. Sometimes they can also create shadows of the former life physically on the body, such as birthmarks. As we talked about earlier, past life experiences may present themselves through night terrors, which are an over-arousal of the central nervous system during sleep. Night terrors are a normal stage of childhood development that happens in about 6% of children between 4 and 12 years old, which is interesting, as this is also the common age range for children who have past life recall. Nightmares, on the other hand, are common in about 40% of children. Some of these nightmares can be associated to past memories, but are usually formed through processing present life. The differences between a nightmare and night terror are listed below. Time of night. Later at night. Okay, so we're going to talk about this. Time of night. Nightmare. Later at night. Night terror within four hours of going to bed. Child's actions. Nightmare. Alert, scared, and upset. Confused. Night terror. Confused and disoriented. Response to parents. Nightmare. Able to convert. Able to convert. Able to comfort. Night terror, unable to be comforted. Memory of event, remembers dream. Night terror, usually none. Return to sleep, nightmare. Difficulty to go back to sleep. Night terror, returns to sleep easily. Sleep stage, nightmare, light REM. Night terror, deep REM. Chart reference from CS Mont Children's Hospital. In the development of our, prior, of our present life bodies in utero, our initial brain-body connection to the mind-soul consciousness is an open doorway. Initially, there's no barrier. A development progresses, the veil begins to form, and continues strengthening for the rest of our lives. Once born, we begin testing out our communication lines between here and there. In utero and post-birth, we are learning and pattern, patterning communication processes that help with the filtration system that our brains are creating by picking up on the patterns and interactions around, around us. Interactions and stimulus encourage our attempts at communication. Beginning immediately, as infants develop a multitude of, var of variant cries, cries that signify different needs and laughters that reinforce appreciation for met needs and connections. 
Eventually, our brains quiet or block excess frequencies between the infinite realms and this life. That being said, there's a continuous connection between our mind and our brain. Our life here and the other side of the veil, and because of this connection, our mind, soul consciousness, holds all the information. Past lives, post-lives, current life memory, near-death experiences, and after-death communications. Since our tangible body is working as a receiver of sorts, an antenna, and our mind is outside of the veil acting as a transmitter, it is possible to catch glimpses of former lives, glimpses of our present life parallels, and to get messages from beyond. There are meditations and physical exercises we can do to help or expand frequencies to our, our external consciousness. The following exercise will help with relaxation, stress, and anxiety reduction, and, uh, and opening energy levels while promoting well-being. Before beginning this exercise, remember, your body is energy. It is part of the universal life force energy that already exists within everyone around us. No one is closer to the other side of the veil than you are. All these simple exercises are going to do is help strengthen the body's awareness to its natural connections. There is nothing forced. There is nothing right or wrong. It is just you connecting with you. So if you guys are willing, okay, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, TikTok, if you guys are willing, let's go into this. And again, over on TikTok, if, you, if you're uncomfortable with this, Again, we're a PG-13 R channel, so just move on, you know, somewhere else, and uh, yeah, it'll say, it'll say, you know, without anything, okay? Uh, and if you like what you hear, everybody, you know, everybody send me some love, thumbs up, hearts, happy faces. Uh, if you haven't done so already, um, especially over on Facebook, follow. Uh, over on YouTube, uh, subscribe. Over on TikTok, follow. Uh, follow, follow, follow. And Double tap that screen. Double tap that screen. I'm trying to build up my uh, likes and all that. I mean, we're just starting out last couple months, and uh, you're going to see a lot more of me, folks. All right? So let's get started. Find a safe and comfortable space where you are. You can be sitting in the chair or lying on your back, on a sofa bed or on the floor. You can even do them standing. Try to practice. Okay, what happened here? Okay. All right, sorry. All right, here we go. On your back. I got lost for a second. On the sofa bed or the floor. You can even do them standing. Try to practice this privately or share it with others in a quiet environment without distracting noise. Relaxing instrumental music may be played, but it's not necessary. To connect to the vibrational hum. Remove your shoes if possible. If you're on your back, you may want to place a pillow under your head or, or, or and roll a blanket or pillow to place it under your knees. Now close your eyes. Relax your shoulders. Let your body feel soft. Let your body feel deep. Sink into your breath as it falls into your lungs, as it falls out onto the ground, as it falls in, and as it falls out. The getting in touch exercise. Place your hands together in a prayer position in the middle of your chest. Let's do this. Okay. Keep your elbows high as if you as if you're pointing at the sides of the room. Now press your hands firmly together and hold them there for about two minutes. After, while keeping your hands together, release and relax your shoulders and drop your elbows. Then gently, ever so slowly, slower than a snail, millimeter by millimeter, separate your hands from where they're being held. So we're going to do this after two minutes, right? This is after you do this for two minutes. 
and you're going to separate. Ah. Take a breath while you slowly, very slowly allow your hands to separate. When you get them about five inches apart, you can gently, slowly reverse direction for about a quarter of an inch. Then return to the slow separation. Every so often, say every inch or two from this point, reverse the movement for about a quarter of an inch. You'll feel resistance as you press gently together for the quarter inch. That resistance between your hands, oh, look at here, is your energy. Is your energy that resides on the other side of the veil. This is how close you are. This is how connected you are. Just as a side note, as I'm reading this, this is how I teach people to ground and to have use that energy as their positive energy to protect them, right? As they come apart, you come back together, you, you can feel that resistance from the other side, and, it's, and you can imagine it's a white light, and you can make it as big as you want, spread it all different directions that you want to spread it to protect you from negative energies. When you recognize the energy between your hands, you can start doing this exercise on, di on different locations on your body. You can place both hands on top of your head with a gentle, firm pressure. You do not need to focus on anything. Just allow yourself to feel the pressure. Feel for the energy and flow with it. You can place, cut both hands over your eyes, not on your eyes, with a gentle but firm pressure. Again, hold your hands in this position for about two minutes and slowly, very slowly move your hands off your face. Feel the energy as it ebbs and flows with your breath and as it falls in and out of your lungs. But what was the point of it then? That is one of the most common questions out there. What is the point of life? In truth, we will not really know until we complete our journey here. For that reason alone, we need to stop fighting life. In other words, we need to stop fighting earthbound death. By embracing the knowledge that our lives are limited, we get the opportunity to embrace our lives. We get the opportunity to share our lives with those we love. And when the departure comes, we can embrace them. We can now, we can know, okay, we can know we are still connected and that love can be felt far beyond the veil. Chapter 9, not all past life memories are your own. Okay, again, let's make sure we're online over here. Make sure we have a dropped off line. Nope, we're still good. And uh, if you like what you hear, you know, when you're on TikTok, please double tap that screen. I'm, I'm looking for likes to build up my channel, so... You know, please double tap that screen and send me some some happy hearts. Same thing with the rest of you guys. Give me some thumbs up, some smiley faces, hearts, whatever there is from YouTube and all those other places. Okay, chapter nine. Not all past life memories are your own. I didn't know, no, I didn't know that. Spontaneous, spontaneous past life re recollections are usually more intimate than going through hypnotherapy. This is because your earthbound consciousness recognizes the spontaneous recollections while you're awake. When they show up in your dream states while you're sleeping, you will recognize them just as you recognize the visitation dream from someone who has departed. Those dreams feel more definitive rather than transient. They catch your attention more than they do in hypnotherapy. Hypnosis, which is hypnotic suggestions, are tools. They work to help bring you into a trance-like state with heightened focus and concentration. Perhaps for hypnosis is, is essentially boring the earthbound consciousness. By quieting it, the frequencies relax. It helps the subconscious take over, and then you are more apt to enter the hypnotic state. The hypnotic state is a deep state of, of relaxation. Once you are there in the state of relaxation, the, the hypnotherapist uses the tools of hypnotic induction to begin the session. 
These tools can range from touch, forms of verbal repetition, mental images, which are also considered mental suggestions. That leads you on a sort of adventure. The adventure can be as simple as following a countdown or rhythm or walking down the hallway with multiple doors for you to choose from. It can be a stairwell or elevator leading down. In past life regression, the hypnotherapist may lead you into imagery of the other side of the veil, where you will find the Akashic records, people, or animals. The hypnotherapist is essentially setting a scene for you to feel calm and relaxed. In these states, you are more open to the power of suggestion, which is why it can help you deal with anxiety, stresses, physical pain, and aid in the treatment of post-traumatic stress. Hypnosis can help you process situations in a neutral, safe space. In this state, there are several things happening in your brain. The ideas of the brain, the areas of the brain responsible for processing and controlling what's going on in your body have shown greater activity in hypnotic states. The areas of your brain responsible for actions and the awareness of those actions appear to be disconnected during hypnosis. Like meditation, you're not asleep in a hypnotic state. Your muscles relax, your breath slows, and it can feel as if your body just melted away. There are many similarities between hypnosis and guided meditation. The main difference in guided meditation is you are using the power of your own imagination, your thoughts, and inciting your memory. In guided meditation, you may have more accurate memory stimulation regarding past lives, present lives, and post lives because it is your own brain and mind flowing in rhythm. And while in these states, there is a potential to have a past life recall. Past life recall through hypnotherapy usually feels more evanescent. They may also not resonate with you intimately, even though they can bring upon deep emotion. The emotions coming up from hypnotherapy are typically associated with what you are holding onto from this current life, and th those emotions may be deep-seated and powerful when surfaced. The trance-like state of hypnotherapy and meditative states can offer you a way to safely touch these these suppressed feelings in an observational way. It's important to remember that past life memories may not always be what they seem. Sometimes they may be shared with you to complete a story. I once received a call from a person who had what she thought was spon were spontaneous past life memories coming in. These memories were nothing she wanted to see or to remember, but they just kept sharing snippets of scenes. They chipped away at her, and she hid them the best she could from those around her. The thought of these images getting out affected her relationships and how she went about life. Keeping her subconscious at arm's length was taking a great toll. The memories were such concern she sought the help of a hypnotherapist or past life regressionist. Although she did not tell the provider what she'd been experiencing because she wanted to see what came up in the session without a preconceived theme. The therapist's office she described invited relaxation with two leather reclining chairs next to a large bay window. Music played quietly in the background. The therapist's deep voice moved warmly, methodically, like the dancing of flames. I will count from three to one, he began, and just float above the space we're in, above the scene of this room, floating, free, and light. Music filled the background space between phrases, you are ready to go further back. Father and father, back to the spiritual dimension, and you float. Back to before entering this room. Back into a past life. And you float. A door fades in. Closed.
This is your doorway. This is your doorway. This is your doorway to your past life. On the other side of your beautiful doorway is another scene or a person. Join this scene. Join this person. As I count, three, two, one. When I reach one, you will meet the scene. You will meet the person. Three, the door begins to open. There's a light pulling you in. Two, you are free to move. You're free to explore the light. Sorry, I was still three. You are moving closer and closer to the scene. You are moving closer and closer to the person. Two, you're almost there. You're approaching it. You are there. If you're in a body, look down. What footwear do you have on? Sandals? Boots? Look down at your feet. Slippers? Maybe nothing? Pay attention to the details of your hands. Are they old? Are they male? Are they female? Are they yours? What are you wearing? Are you in a toga? Do you have a uniform? What is the historical time? What is the environment you're in? The landscape? The buildings? Are they ancient? What are the other pe people dressed like? What are they doing? Are they modern? Do you know anyone? Do they look familiar? Do you recognize them? The music again fills the air, fills the space quietly between his words. You can move backward or forward to any time in that life. When I count to three, you'll go to a very significant event in that life. One, two, three. You are there. Do you recognize anyone? Does anyone seem familiar to you? Explore the scene. Look around. In the count of three, you'll go to the end of your life in that lifetime. You'll see your death. You will not be afraid. You will not be in pain. You'll, you will just witness. Just hover. One, two, three. Now just float. Just observe. What did you learn? What are the connections? The session, she said, did not reveal anything as to what she was seeing before or after. The session did not address the concern she felt, so she continued to hide what she thought were her own spontaneous past life recalls for years, and finally, she needed to tell someone, and that's when our paths crossed. As vague as her email was, it was apparent there was much more to the few simple lines of text she sent in. Our meeting opened with her deep sigh. We sat quietly for a few moments. We drank tea and allowed the trepidation to calm. I think I was a Nazi sympathizer, she said, breaking the silence. My uncle joined the Nazis after after they took over Holland. He made his child he made his children join Hitler's youth. And I kept getting keep getting flashes of his death. I keep getting flashes of him sneaking around a building or someplace. I think I may be my uncle re reincarnated. I sat and listened. This isn't the first time such a story as this has come up with clients. And they are not easy to talk about because of the sensitivity surrounding the atrocities carried out by the Nazis. Remember, if you're uncomfortable, uncomfortable, if you're not comfortable with this, feel free to move on to another TikTok or Facebook or whatever. Just don't turn me into the to, to the authorities that be on these channels. I don't want to get banned. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. She went on. I don't know if I'm being punished or need to do something to make up for this. I was such a horrible person to have sympathized with them. I don't feel like a bad person. 
but maybe I really am. Maybe I'm being punished. I don't know if this is going to affect my children. Are they going to have to suffer because of what I did in the past? Tears were waiting just behind her words. My family lived in Holland in the 40s, and for generations before that. But it was in 1945 that he went over to the Nazis. My family was said to be heartbroken. They couldn't understand what would make him do such a thing. We let our words linger a few minutes before I asked, your uncle joined the Nazis after they starved the Dutch? I didn't know they did it. Did that. When was that? She asked, from November 44 to April 45. Yes, just after that, because it was just months before the end of the war. He was killed. His family never saw him again. He was tortured to death. I also get replays of his killing. Was it the Nazis that killed him, or was it the Allies? She took a moment to think about the answer, as if recalling the scene. I think it was the Nazis, actually. I ask you, was your uncle a Freemason? Yes, how did you know? Did you know that Masons were not fans of the Nazis? No, she responded. I think they were working together. Freemasons liked the Nazis. I asked her if it would be okay if we looked that up, to read about the Freemasons and the Nazis, and why the Nazis wanted everything the Freemasons had. Her eyes widened as she read Hitler authorized a decree in 1942 for an intellectual war to be waged against the Jewish people and the Freemasons. Hitler permitted a seizure and evaluation of Masonic archives and libraries. They took everything. There were Freemasons who were arrested alongside the Jews and members of the political opposition and placed in Nazi con concentration camps. They were targeted specifically because they were Freemasons. If a Freemason did not comply, joined the Nazis, or resisted demands, their families were threatened. Some former Freemason Lodge members, as individuals, decided to participate in German resistance circles. Some from this resistance joined the Nazis as spies. The Freemasons found by the Nazis to be spies were arrested and murdered. We have several things going on here, I said. Your uncle was a Freemason. He and his family had just been starved. Maybe some of his family members or friends died because of this. She sat up for the first time since we met. Her eyes moved to a form recall of the memories, only now, not from despair, but with hope, with relief. This has been such a weight on my family for generations. Tears began slipping quietly from the outer corners of her eyes. My family and I have carried so much shame. Is it really possible he was actually spying? That he put his children, and Hitler's youth to make sure they had food and weren't starved while he was gone? She nodded with understanding, with confirmation of this idea. Could it be all these years we had him all wrong? My cousins never wanted to believe their father was so terrible. The way they described him was so different than a Nazi sympathizer. At about that moment, she sat up. Something behind her eyes sparked. Oh my, the memories just filled in. The building of my... The building of my uncle's death. He was caught. The picture is so much fuller. As she sat with the new memories, taking them in, the sun began its descent into the ocean behind us, filling the sky with color. I don't think these memories were mine, she said. I think the story was just corrected. Like in the previous story, sometimes we're actually getting images of someone else's memory. And how this happens depends on the brain's adjustment of different frequencies in response to a situation or stimulation of senses. Some of these frequencies will show a snippets of, of stories where the memories aren't necessarily our own, but rather they show a story or event from another viewpoint. In this way, we may gain more understanding of what happened 
where we can step back and be more observational. An important side note here is the memory or information shared with you was not due to unfinished business. Rather, it was shared just as we may give information to someone when they don't have the whole story or may be misinformed. I have spoken with others who have had similar memories, memories of Freemasons and the Nazis, where the story sat like cement on the shoulders of the families, and regardless of the actions of the Nazis or slave owners or other hurtful or heinous histories, you are not being punished for their actions. Every single one of us is here on a sort of fresh start. We may not be born in the best circumstances, but we have the opportunity to behave in the manner we choose. We can decide how we will respond to react to events. We decide if we are going to be victims of circumstance. Okay, guys, that's it. We just hit chapter 10, and that's going to be it for this week. I will be back next Sunday, and if, uh, one, and if one of the guests is a no-show this week, I will be back on probably Wednesday. So I want to thank everybody for coming today and spending their Sunday evening with me. I hope uh, for the people in the United States, I hope you all have a great Labor Day. Share some of that barbecue with me, okay? Uh, TikTok, thank you all for coming. I really appreciate each and every one of you for joining me. Again, I'm trying to build up my TikTok, so, you know, please have at it. Please, please send me a bunch of, you know, send me likes, double tap that screen before I end the show because I'm really looking to to make it, you know, to, to get this thing built up a little bit, you know, and it's just been baby steps doing it, so I really, really appreciate it. Uh, again, we read a uh, paranormal-themed book every Sunday, uh, 6 p.m. Pacific, and uh, we're here for at least an hour, maybe more. And so uh, I really appreciate you guys coming, and I hope to see you next week. All right, get this thing closed out. Um, again, I appreciate you all. I am teaching, well, not really teaching, along the lines of this meditation, I have a meditation club. And uh, it's one fee for, per month, and for that month you get three to four guided meditations a week. You know, we sit in. It's usually after I do my nightly show, and we sit in, uh, and uh, and uh, we get together and we, we meditate. And it feels a lot better, and, and these meditations are aimed at your health. They're aimed at, at your, you know, at your stress, you know, just to take all that off and, and relax a little bit. Uh, med mood meditations and all that stuff. So if that's something that you're interested in. Please uh, go on over to the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team Meetup page. Sign up there. I also have a Discord. Okay. And uh, you can check us out over there. You guys will be my my uh, ghostly groupies over on Discord. It's under, I believe it's under California Haunts. And, you know, we do, like I said, we have that meetup, California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team Meetup, where we announce the majority of our events because we do do outside ghost hunts and we do things like that. So if you're interested in any of that stuff, Feel free to go to the meetup and, and, and check out the that meditation thing, you know, that meditation club under events. Uh, again, thank you very much, TikTok. Uh, the couple, last couple minutes, if you guys could send me some some more hearts, I'd really appreciate it. Just t double tap that screen. Same thing for Facebook and all these other places. You know, if you haven't done so already, hit that follow button. Uh, Facebook, uh, hit that subscribe button over on on uh, YouTube. And uh, same thing for TikTok. If you like what you heard tonight and you want to learn more about me, because I'm going to probably go on after this in about 45 minutes because I'm setting up my shows for next week, um, for this coming week, so you can watch me do that and see how I do it, and we'll have a conversation. I can tell you a little bit about me and stuff like that. 
I'll be back, you know, as, as they say. So uh, please hit that follow button if you like what you saw. And please feel free to uh, shoot me some hearts or whatever. Okay, well, that's it. And I will see you guys tomorrow again. Uh, this show is, what, six days a week? Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah, six days a week. I can't, even I forget. And uh, so we'll be back tomorrow with Hans Gugger. And Mr. Gugger is in Australia, so it's going to be kind of fun to do the show. 6.30 p.m. Pacific. We're going to be talking about ways to manifest happiness and ways to manifest different things so you guys can learn how to manifest stuff and just kind of throw it out there to the universe. Thank you guys for coming, and uh, have a great one. And I'll see you on TikTok in about 45 minutes, you guys. Okay. If you like what you saw, thank you very much, you guys, and uh, uh, share it with five people. If you didn't like what you saw, don't worry. You know, share it with people you don't like. I'm just trying to get the word out. And like I said, we're so close to that thousand uh, subscriber thing on t on on YouTube. I can taste it. We're three we're 320 away. So anybody that you know that you could spread the word with, that would be great. I'd, I'd appreciate it. We can uh, get those. You know, get those subscriptions moving. I really appreciate your patience with me. Uh, you see that ticker? I haven't been doing this for a long time. The first of the months here, I've got, I'm way, you know, I'm running short, and I would really appreciate some help if you could. And you can do that at Venmo, and all you have to do is uh, type in California Haunts at Venmo. Or you can do it at PayPal. And let me read that off as it comes through. Help us. You know, all the funds go to Cal the, the team and, and then pay the internet bills and things like that to keep us going. So you can donate at paypal.me forward slash California Haunts or California Haunts at Venmo. I would really appreciate it. Every little bit helps. I've got a payment coming up on Wednesday that I have to make. It's a do or die thing. Uh, I just want to keep my show on the air. That's the, the, that's all I want, you know, just keep this thing going. And uh, you guys have done really great the, the, the past few years, and hopefully we can keep this going. But I would really appreciate some help if you can do it today. I hate begging, but... I'm, I'm in a spot this month. All right. Thank you so much for coming. And I will see you tomorrow, 6.30 p.m. Pacific, for Heinz Kruger. For, for Heinz Kruger. And uh, thank you. And thank you for everybody that listened to today. Have a great day. And off we go.